This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike him, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the College Draft Podcast, and it's presented by BetOnline.ag. A lot of people like to bet on the bowl games. I get it. Go to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% welcome bonus. He's Matt Waldman, at Matt Waldman on Twitter, the owner, purveyor of... The Rookie Scouting Portfolio, which is awesome. Highly encourage you to go to mattwaldmanrsp.com. Matt sent me last year's edition. Incredible. Incredible, Matt. It really was. Um, Now I know why NFL teams get it. Speaking of getting it, I said this on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I'll say it here. If you go to manscaped.com, M-A-N, S-C-A-P-E-D.com. It's precision engineered tools for your family jewels. If you go there and you use the code money for 20% off and free shipping on any item, any item at all, and forward me the email confirmation, I will send you a signed press pass from one of my games this season. That is my promise to you. It is that simple. Manscaped.com, code money. As a reminder, because Brian has bowl games today and tomorrow, we will not be doing the Fantasy Feast podcast or the Even Money podcast until later in the week. We know a lot of you love them. For either DFS or betting, those will be Thursday and Friday. Probably Thursday, but Thursday and Friday. So don't freak out, but we were able to get in the college draft this morning on New Year's Eve before some of these bowls, including Matt. By the way, I'm Ross Tucker at Ross Tucker NFL. I don't even know if I mentioned that. And our social handle for the shows at RTF Podcast, uh, including Matt, Arizona State against Florida State in the Sun Bowl today at 2 p.m. on CBS. I know a lot of these guys. Uh, Cam Akers was a running back in the All-American Bowl. Matt, let's start with the running back from Florida State. Yeah, he's number three on your roster, and and he's a 5'11", 212-pound back who, you know, he kind of checks all the boxes for an athlete, you know. Big, strong, fast, quick, good um, lateral ability in terms of jump cuts, you know, being able to work inside to the edge. Um, he's very good on gap style plays where basically you give him one crease and tell him to, to manipulate and hit that and hit it hard, and he can do that. He has a speed in the open field. He's going to pull away um, from cornerbacks on runs anywhere of 35 to 40 yards, um, you know, and I think that 
He can vary his stride enough to wait for lead blockers into the crease. Um, right now, he needs to refine his footwork, though. I mean, at times, he, he kind of tries too hard to make some of the more dramatic cuts and hops, and, and, his, and his footwork can be undisciplined in terms of the types of decisions that he needs to make, and, and he doesn't really get to take advantage of what he sees. Um, so he needs just to learn how to set up blocks a little bit better rather than just adjusting the pace of his stride. He needs to adjust the length of it and not, and not get too fancy with the footwork in terms of trying to make those big jump cuts, but he catches the ball pretty well. There's some pro- real promise in his, in his blocking. So this is a guy who's got that every down athletic ability, every down, um, you know, potential as a runner. Um, and, and it's a guy who can catch the ball and he can, you know, as a blocker, he can deliver the uppercut punch. He can get square with the defender and, and someone that can, you know, handle, you know, pretty much all three levels of positions on the defense in pass pro in selected moments. He has an excellent punch where he can drive a defensive tackle, at least, you know, move him out of the way and get an angle on him and move him out of the way of the, of the quarterback. The, the biggest thing he's going to learn how to do is not lean into contact with his helmet so that he can stay square, use his hands, see what he's hitting, and not let defenders kind of bounce off of him as he leans down into them and, and on their way and use them as a speed bump on the way to the passer. Um, but, you know, this is a guy who I, I think is best suited for uh, any type of run scheme where they they need where they're going to use a lead blocker, whether it's a tight end, a wing back, or a fullback. He does run out of a lot of 10 personnel sets, you know, no, no fullback in front of him. Um, but I think he really maximizes skills in an offense where they do a little bit more of that, you know, you think about what the 49ers do um, often with their fullbacks and lead through that, you know, Cam Akers would be a lot of fun in an offense like that. And if he continues to develop his game. I was kind of surprised Mike Norvell, the new head coach at Florida State, was able to get Marvin Wilson, the D lineman who is a projected first-round pick to stay in school. He announced he's coming back to Florida State. That was a shocker for me. What do you see from the D lineman for the Seminoles? Yeah, man, and that it was a shocker. You know, I mean, this is a guy you're going to see his jersey. If you haven't seen him before, he's number 21. He's 6'5", 3'11", really appealing length for the NFL, and just terrific power. He has really heavy hands. And when you're a defensive lineman, you know, when you can strike someone with your hands and rock a, 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 an offensive lineman backwards or stun him, it, it, gives, it affords you a, a nice advantage to be able to move on them and, and earn position. And he's terrific in the run game. You know, he's the type of guy that, you know, you're not going to move him one-on-one very often. He's terrific at stacking linemen, shedding them, and then pursuing as a run defender. He's not a real quick guy, but he's really fluid, and he doesn't give up on plays. So you, you find him often being in the middle of uh, of plays, even that are away from his, his the, the two gaps that he tends to handle. He's a skilled two-gap lineman in terms of, you know, how he projects right now. Um, As a pass rusher, I can kind of see how maybe they talked in the coming back because when you watch him as a pass rusher, he's still kind of a work in progress. You know, I talked about him being kind of an earth mover. He's not much of a penetrator. 
Um, and there's times that when you watch him, he, he does, he, his pads get too high. He doesn't always play with the leverage that he's capable of. Um, and I think that if he can develop a fuller toolbox of techniques with those powerful hands, like just learn more hands techniques, he could be even a whole lot better than how he's even projected right now, which would be scary. Um, right now, I think he's kind of more brute force than student of the game. And I think if he can get better at recognizing and anticipating blocking schemes, so he has an idea of how to counter what the offense is trying to do to him, you know, he's going to even be a, a bigger, bigger, big-time prospect than what he was projected to be this year. What about for Arizona State wide receiver Brandon Ayuk? Yeah, this guy's primarily a flanker. You know, he's a guy that's going to line up off, line up off of the line of scrimmage. Um, but when defenders do try to press him and he's a little bit tighter in coverage, he has a pretty good double swipe against defenders trying to press him. He can get separation in the intermediate and vertical game. I, he's not a, you know, he's not a guy who's going to blow you away the speed, but he's really skilled at turning cornerbacks around because he, he understands how to manipulate them to get their hips to turn and then take their back and set up opportunities to, to work in or outside after that. Um, he needs to do this a little bit more often than he does right now, but you can see it in his game and see how he can build on that. Um, right now, his you know when he does get open in the deep game, it's often with double moves, and even then they're a little sloppy. He's got quick feet, but they're just not precise enough yet. Um, but you know, in terms of being able to catch the ball, you know, he frames his hands well to where the ball's arriving in terms of the height of, or um, location of the target. Um, he can fully extend his arms to high point the ball in open space, and he can take a hit, you know, and, and be able to maintain possession of the ball. So, you know, there's a guy that can work over the middle, that he can work one-on-one -on -one and win in man coverage. Um, he needs to come back to the ball a little bit better um, and attack with a little bit more aggression in man coverage to really complete his game as a man route runner. And he has some concentration drops where you just don't see him fully secure the ball after that initial contact to his hands. And there are some targets where he, he doesn't frame his technique as consistently as you'd like to see. He knows how to do it, but there are times that he kind of claps onto the ball too often rather than having his hands together. And when you clap on the ball and the palm of your hand hits that ball, it's going to recoil a lot more violently than it does hitting any of your fingertips where you can kind of stop the rotation of the spin um, a lot easier. It's the wonder of engineering that our, you know, that our hands can do those types of things. But when it hits the palms, it becomes more violent and it's harder to catch. Um, if he can work on set, you know, on those types of things in terms of coming back to the ball, attacking the ball with his hands well, and then also working on settling the, into the open zones and not mistake zone for man in certain situations on shallower routes. Um, I, I think that he has a chance to become a, a pretty good contributor in the NFL. Let's get to the Rose Bowl, uh, Matt. It's always a big one. Oregon, Wisconsin, 5 p.m. on ESPN tomorrow. And you don't often say this about Wisconsin, but they have a wide receiver worth talking about in Quintez Cephas. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that's really quick and fast. He has a good first step, and he can drop his weight and come to a quick stop. 
He has that nice two to three step break, those two to three step break patterns that you want working back to the ball on timing routes. He has flat breaks. He's um, someone that also attacks the ball well out of breaks. And, and when he's on vertical routes, he'll jump back to the football um, and attack it well one-on-one against cornerbacks and safeties. So he's someone that can win in, in, on fade routes and jump balls. Um, he extends his arms well over his head without leaving his feet to catch the ball. And that's something that you don't see often from young receivers where they tend to waste movement and they don't transition well upfield or they put themselves in situations where it's harder for them to catch the ball because they don't track it well enough to understand that they can keep their feet on the ground and still just raise their hands. And, and this is someone who sees the trajectory of the ball well enough to do that so that he can transition upfield very fast. Um, and he locates the ball really fast on, in an outbreaking route. So he's someone that, you know, when it comes to those timing routes, you can see that he's already becoming an efficient receiver. Um, he catches the ball um, very well in terms of extending, um, whether it's at his belt line or whether it's away or behind from uh, behind the momentum of his break, um, just adjusts and turns really well, um, whether it's over his shoulder as well. You know, he can be able to make the play in situations where the ball doesn't have to be pinpoint accurate for him to win it. Um, and I think that in terms of, you know, the, the run game, you know, at Wisconsin, you got to be able to block at Wisconsin as a, as a wide receiver or tight end. And he makes the effort to work to the middle. Um, he's very good at delivering his hands and getting placement into the chest of the defender. And he'll throw his body around. If he needs to cross body block someone in the open field um, or, you know, be aggressive as a stock blocker, he's someone that will do that for you. And then as a runner himself, you know, he's going to lower the pads. He'll finish head on. He's quick enough to beat defensive backs um, up the sideline um, and he'll extend through contact. And, you know, the only thing I want, really want to see, and you're going to see that hopefully this week, you know, or see that tomorrow is more reps against press coverage, which are, you know, two guys who are very good at Oregon that we're going to talk about next. Right. And, you know, Oregon has some great offensive linemen. We've talked about them. They also have some really good corners. We'll start with Thomas Graham Jr. Yeah, he's number four in, you know, on the, on the, in terms of his jersey number. He's 5'11, about 200 pounds. He's a really physical player. Um, he's a guy that in the run game, you know, he's going to hit and wrap with good strength. He's got technical skill, he's aggressive. He's kind of the example on the football field of low man wins when it comes to, you know, tackling in the open field. And he's very good at sifting through opponents effectively when he pursues ball carriers in the run game. And then when it comes to the passing game, listen, I mean, you know, he anticipates routes at a really high level. He excels at coverage where he's facing the quarterback, reading the passer and cutting off the target. So when he can play where he keeps the receiver in front of him, he's a very dangerous defender. Um, where he's a little bit more vulnerable is with deeper routes where the receiver, and this is where Cephas is going to test him, is where the receiver can sell him on a route to set up another and earn quick separation against him with a more angular or downfield route. Because there's times that he can struggle flipping his hips and turning and running, getting out of his back pedal as efficiently as you'd like to see. And, and there are some I've, I've heard who kind of wonder, 
whether Graham is projects more to being a safety as opposed to being a corner in the NFL. But he's certainly a guy that when it comes to what he's doing in Oregon right now, you know, he, he and our next, our next um, player that we're going to talk about have been very good at being able to defense passes, um, being able to get interceptions and, and to be able to limit catches um, all in all in terms of their ability to plaster receivers. And the next guy is another corner. You mentioned it, Diamador Lenore from Oregon. Yeah, and this guy, you know, he's number 15. Um, he's also about 5'11", around 200. And he's he's a little different than Graham. He compliments him because he's a speedster who really does flip his hips well, and he runs with receivers deep. He can pin those guys to the sideline and use his hands pretty well. Um, and he's a... You know, like Graham, he's technically sound as a tackler. He's going to run through hits and wrap up, um, and he takes really strong angles in the open field. He's he's probably one of the he's probably their best guy in terms of the last line of defense, who's going to be able to you know catch up, recover against any type of breakaway threat, and be able to bring that guy down. He takes really good angles in that regard. Um, last year, you know, he was a guy that you wondered how good he was one on one in man coverage in terms of understanding how to mirror a route or anticipate breaks and all the different types of routes that receivers run. And this year he's really improved in this area and it's really caused him to rise up, you know, draft boards in terms of how scouts see him. And he's a guy that you may be hearing a lot more about on draft day if he decides to declare. And we're going to find that out after the Rose Bowl. He decided that he's going to wait to announce that after the Rose Bowl. Right now he's enrolled in classes for next semester, um, but based on what's going on in terms of how he's played this year, there's a pretty good chance he may declare. Let's get to the Birmingham Bowl now, Matt. That is on Thursday, the 2nd, and it's Cincinnati against Boston College, 3 p.m. on ESPN. Kind of curious to hear your thoughts on BC running back AJ Dillon. Yeah, he's a fun player. You know, he's six feet, two fifty around that range. And you know, when you watch him, if you remember, you know, Raiders running back Michael Bush, the former Louisville running back who was a quarterback in high school. There's a lot about him that reminds me of Michael Bush. You know, he's a guy that obviously, when he gets downhill, he can drag you know, defenders bounce off and spin away. He's got a stiff arm that can drop linebackers to the ground, which is not very usual in terms of just the sheer power to be able to deliver that kind of like that George Foreman trip hammer of a jab that he had or overhand, right. And, you know, you can see that with Dylan, he has enough burst to threaten a safety at the short corner um, as well. He's a shifty guy for his size, very flexible for his size and does a good job of stepping over obstacles on the move in the same way that you saw from Bush or LeGarrette Blunt, who had really flexible hips. And, and I think that Dylan is closer to that neighborhood. He glides at a rate of speed that's really smooth. It's kind of deceptive what his speed looks like. Um, and he shows some skill to be able to, to vary the stride length of his, of his footwork so that he can set up blocks well. And he even has enough bend to dip downhill in what you would call like movement specialists, a guy like by the name of Sean Misco, who works with um, Everson Griffith in the, um, in the NFL and a number of other NFL players. He would refer to it as curvy linear movement where you just, it, you kind of bend like a motorcycle 
you know, like a street cycle as opposed to cut. And, and Dalvin Cook's really good at that curvilineal type of movement. And, and Dylan has that. So he can kind of bend around, um, and that helps him on runs going from sideline to sideline and having to cut downhill to a north-south movement on a perimeter run. Um, but he also has some sharp pressure cuts. So there's a lot of tools in his toolkit to change direction. And you can see that he's a patient guy who can read penetration, but also make efficient movements and not try and be too dramatic in the way that maybe Cam Akers tends to do. Um, so there's some refinement to his game um, in terms of changing direction and setting up blocks. Uh, I think that as a as a blocker himself, there's some work that he needs to do, but he's someone that can, you know, he can cut block, he can cut block guys who are at, on the line of scrimmage, um, which is a plus. And, you know, in terms of being able to catch the ball, he does the basics pretty well on terms of checkdowns. And, you know, there's just some runs right now where I'd like to see him be more physical. You just see him at times where he'll lean away from oncoming contact that's on block. And I'd like to see him play to his size and be a little more physical and punishing in situations where he tries to be finesse. And and it just seems like over the past 15 years, we see a lot of backs who are in this size range who, you know, sometimes get go too far to try and adopt the mindset of a scat back because they can to a certain degree or certain level, but they forget where they came from in terms of what, what their game should be about in terms of their size. And there's times I think Dylan forgets where he came from in terms of what he can do with his pads and being able to push and, and just take what's there and punish people and, and to be able to move bodies around a little bit. If he can do that a little bit more often, I think that it'll even enhance what he does from a, you know, more nimble aspect of changing direction. Couple linebackers for Cincinnati. I called a Cincinnati game this year. Was pretty impressed by both of them. Watched him in some other games. Uh, they both move well. We'll start with Perry Young. Yeah, I like these guys. These are fun because Perry Young's he's like five ten, two twenty. Some might project him to be a safety, kind of in the same way you wondered what Shaq Thompson of the Carolina Panthers would be when um, I believe he was at Washington when he was either, you know, was he going to be a safety or a linebacker? Um, He plays with a lot of intensity. He's a tough guy who has a a pretty strong range as a coverage player. He drops pretty fast and pretty deep, um, and he performs well in man coverage. You know, he has a good feel for cutting off passing lanes, and he has pretty good hands for a linebacker to be able to make some tough plays on the ball. Um, and, you know, he's also a good um, blitzer, either run blitzes or pass blitzes. And and this is kind of key to his game, I think, right now, because when he knows what he needs to do and he's and he understands his keys and understands what the, the offense is trying to do, the quickness in his game really shows up. And, and he's someone that then he, he enacts a plan and you just see the chain all kind of go together where he'll use his hands well to swipe past linemen. He'll bounce inside or outside of them and then close really fast on the ball carrier, wrap up and bring them to the ground well. Um, but when he's not quite sure, and this was a former quarterback in high school who's made the transition to linebacker, you know, when he's not so sure about what he's you know, what he's reading in front of him, you can see that he's a step behind. He needs to work on shedding faster, diagnosing plays a little bit better. Um, but when he knows, man, he shuts down the, he shuts things down pretty fast. 
And so I can see how maybe if he can add a little bit of weight like Shaq Thompson did, maybe as a future at linebacker, um, especially when I see those moments of strong diagnosis and closing, um, it's definitely there for him for the taking. As long as in his 5'10", 220-pound frame, there's more muscle to add while retaining that explosion or even enhancing it. What about the other linebacker, Brian Wright? Yeah, I like this guy. <laughs> He's 6'2", somewhere in the 240, 250 range. He started as a defensive end early in his career. They moved in the middle linebacker. You know, I'm probably over-projecting because I was a kid when I was watching Brian Cox, the former uh, Miami Dolphins linebacker. Um, but he kind of looks a bit like a young Brian Cox to me sometimes. You know, smart, physical, strong football player. Has a he he kind of just has the feel of a guy who's already a student of the game. Has really strong hands. He's the type of guy that if a runner gets by him, he can pull that guy from the back and just drop him to the ground like he's just a sack and just you know pull him to the ground. He takes some risks. Um, he's not a you know in terms of filling gaps that don't always look like they're his to take. But of the two linebackers on this team, I think that Wright is really good at sniffing out plays faster seems to be more correct when he takes those risks. And and sometimes you need guys who can make those types of plays. Kyle Van Noy was always very good at Brigham Young of being able to take some risks and, and be able to make big plays off of that. Um, and I think that Wright has some of that in him in terms of his ability to take some risks and avoid blocks and, and, and get in there. And, and he trusts his eyes really well and he has really patient feet. So he doesn't take a lot of false steps. So, once he sees what he's looking for, then he closes. And he's, he's, he's physical enough that he can stack and shed. He's going to meet blockers in the hole a little bit earlier than they'd like him to. He has those heavy hands before they reach him, and he'll disrupt the play. And as a coverage player, he's physical too. I mean, he can enforce – he kind of enforces the point that receivers need to have their heads on a swivel whenever they go across the middle because he's the type of guy that he's going to knock you on your butt, whether you have the ball or not, if you're within the legal range of being able to do so. And he takes, uh, you can tell he kind of takes joy in being able to do that. Um, he takes half the man to get push or an angle on the ball against linemen. And, and he, and he's not extremely fast, but you know, if you think about the width or the length of the box, when you think of like, you know, the line of scrimmage and the, and the, the players just behind that or in front of it, you know, he moves very well within that range of the box. And so he's very quick in that area and good closing speed so that when he can penetrate quickly or in a timely manner, and he often does that, he times his blitzes very well, he can close fast on a ball carrier or a quarterback. Um, now, if they can get away with him within a couple of steps and extend that box a little bit more, you see that quickness diminish pretty fast. Um, but within that range, He's very dangerous. He's very physical. He's a very good tackler. Um, and he's someone that, you know, when he hits and wraps you, you're going to stop. And so I, I like him. I see him as being a, you know, maybe an inside linebacker in a three, four, um, maybe down the line, um, you know, certainly a special teams player at the very least, but he can, he can, you know, give you a lot in that box range. Um, and, and that's something that I think the teams are going to value his intelligence and physicality. Excellent stuff as always, Matt. Fired up. We got you previews for bowl games the next three days that you can watch. 
and now you'll know some specific players that you need to keep an eye on. And I know some of you watch the games because you've placed a wager on the game over at betonline.ag. Well, that's pretty awesome. Uh, if you haven't, you should because if you use the promo code PODCAST1, you get a 55-0 welcome bonus, which is sweet. 50% welcome bonus, betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1. Very, very cool. Great place to bet on the remaining bowl games. Make your New Year's Day a little bit more interesting. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.